Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Welcome to the three-on-one podcast, everyone. I'm Matt Ryan, and this is a pre-recorded, post-recorded opening to our show this week. We're joined by Quattro Huffin. This is from our live podcast that we dropped on the A7FL YouTube channel. So if my mic sounds like garbage, it's because my board was taken away. My sweet, sweet baby board. But... I'll have a fix for that next week, and we also have Eric Valentine, the division manager of A7FL Columbus, joining us a little bit later on in the broadcast. Right now, let's go to Rob Fabian, Corey Hammond, and the new quarterback for the Silk City Animals. Still getting weird to say that. Quattrell Huffin, let's go to this conversation that you can hear in full on the A7FL YouTube channel. This is the 3-on-1 podcast. For us, because for some reason, my mic isn't working. Uh, There we go. Because fuck me running for wanting to do this the right way. And for whatever reason, my fucking microphone not deciding to do anything, anything but, 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 but fuck my life up. It's funny you say that, Matt, because most defensive uh, you know, coordinators and guys in this league uh, usually are saying that when Huff is playing offense against them. So that's uh, that's been the, the colloquial term for the uh, Huff offense when you're having a face it is fuck me running. There you go. <laughs> but, but Huff, the reason why we're here is to talk to you to get an understanding of what's going on with you. So please, the floor is all yours. Uh, basically, uh, this 2023 season, I will be playing for the Silk City Animals. Uh, wow. This probably this probably will be my last go round though. Even though I'm young, it's just you know I gave football all I got, all I have, and I got so much love for the game that honestly I want to move into into coaching and I want to just do something else. You know, I could go five, ten, no, probably fifteen years later, but I never really had no main surgeries or anything. Good, you know, a good note, the best way I can. Uh, About me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I think before we get into maybe, you know, what made you leave, which is probably going to be the meat of this episode, let's kind of learn a little bit more about the new look animals. Uh, When we were doing the schedule release last week, Huff, we were looking at that game and knowing that you're on the team knowing what we've heard from some of the scrimmages and some of the, you know, the, the insider information that we <coughs> Rob gets um, you know, the, the animals are not the same team that we have kind of grown familiar with these past couple of years, especially as the a seven FL has gone national, you know, me and Rob remember when the animals were one of those teams that, you know, yeah, maybe you'd get the win against them, but they were never a team that you were excited to play because of their style. But tell us about a little, little bit more about what to expect from the 2023 animals and and what you're excited to bring to that long 
legacy franchise that they haven't seen specifically in, in, in at least five, six years? Uh, the new animals, the 2023 uh, animals this year, I'm not going to lie. Probably the two captains is the oldest guys and probably me. So they, they young, energized. All the energy uh, they re I receive for them, I just they, they give it back. And, and I like that they listen, though. Um, some of the guys don't know me, but, you know, when we have practices and scrimmage, I just got to put them in a place. And, I and, and you know, after that, they be like, oh, I didn't know it was like this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's about to be different, you know. So we, we got a we got a nice chemistry. I like the animals, honestly. Uh, a couple of players, you know, I play with just street football before town beef in A7. So, you know, the chemistry there. But the, the, this, this team, man, they're going to play hard every down. I could just see it now. Every single down. Anyone with you, not yeah. saying from, you know, your former team that you saw from flag that were talented, anything like that. Are you bringing anybody with you? Um, can't say. It's still uh, an off season. I like it. I like <laughs> it's it. still an off season, but we definitely not no slouches. <laughs> we definitely gonna have at least a first or second seed in our division. That's hands down. That's hands down. Team that I think we're gonna mention a lot on this uh, podcast that I don't think you're necessarily gonna be involved in moving forward as much. Um, you know, Rob still loves them. He'll never blaspheme their names. But talking about the animals, I was going to ask if there's any familiar names. You know, Rob's talking about, you know, who are you bringing over? Is there any familiar names you're willing to to, to throw out there just so that we're prepared? Or is this going to be a, a huge surprise week one when we, we see who's suiting up for the red, red gold, and black? Uh, nah, I'm not going to throw it. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna throw no names out there. Okay. The information oh, y'all got with me, the information y'all got with me getting to the animals, I don't even know how that leaked, but <laughs> I mean I no Huff, Huff, <laughs> when I say it all the time and, and I don't I don't say this uh you know to to be the, the DR that everybody claims uh there's a lot of in our league, but Huff, I say this all the time. You're the greatest quarterback in the history of our league. And you're likely the greatest player, legacy player in the history of the team you're just leaving. So I think any move that you're making, even though you're moving specifically and you're being silent, there's nothing silent about your moves. And I think there's a, a, a ripple effect that has followed the, the big move that you've made and, and some of the statements that you've made as, as far as solidarity and unity and all that kind of stuff. But let's put it this way. I, I asked a question to Rob uh, while we were doing the schedule release because Rob is comes from a very unique perspective, specifically in regards to the way that you play the game, knowing that in the huddle for the U, and we're talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the roster that we're talking about are, are all either, you know, guys that have played with you for years or guys that have, that have played this game for years, you're in the huddle calling three plays, right? You're, you're running a very sophisticated, high level a seven FL offense. How quickly do you think your animals team is going to pick that up? And or is that even what you're there to do? Because it does sound like you're kind of trying to bring it back to your roots. And, and this season, as much as it is, like you said, you're looking for the number one or number two seed. From our conversation and from it, it, what, what, it, what it sounds like to me is, is this is about having some fun, you know, as the greatest player in our league's history. Sounds a little bit like a, another guy, Tom Brady, leaving the Patriots where, you know, a lot of expectations, a lot of that. And then he went to Tampa Bay and he was like, hey, this is football and I'm having fun in my last couple of years. You know, what what are you approaching this animals 
season with as far as that 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 thing that I was talking about in the huddle? And are you even worried about the technical, you know, execution that these guys are doing week one or week two? Or are you just going out there to, to just ball, have fun and prove a point that, you know, it's not it's not the the uniform that you're wearing. It's 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 who's who's suiting up in that number 11. Uh, definitely. I'm going out there to have fun. Honestly, I think this will probably be my best year playing in the league. Like uh, stats wise, probably not wise, but. Like entertainment and, and going out there giving it all I got, this will probably be it right here. Um, with me and the offense, nothing changed. Just a different group of guys. Switched up a couple things on the playbook, but we we run the offense. When I wake up in the morning, I just throw out twins left, tight end right, running back to the right, and just throw out a play, see if they got it, and everybody know what they're doing. As long as everybody do their job, I'm sh- I think the offense is gonna work just like just like I was at at the U. You know, nothing changed really. Um, other than that, I know it's gonna be tough. You know, probably the first three weeks, week four and five. Oh yeah, we're gonna be almost eighty-five percent. We're already right to the ball, no huddle. Like first two weeks, why we give it some time? You know, this and that. It's gonna it's gonna be okay. But I'm gonna show them that we can still miss make mistakes and win though. It don't matter, like, what, what y'all learn it as new. It's just like going to school. I study it. Study the playbook. We'll be all right. What are some of the things you're looking at heading into a new team? You're talking about week four, week five. You'll be 85% of the way there. What constitutes where you're starting now as opposed to where you left things off on July in July of last year? One yard away from winning your third straight title. Um, sometimes when we, I know, I know why we didn't score on certain drives. I know why certain things happen, and it was just sometimes egos, people overconfident, and mm. I didn't really switch my playbook these last two seasons. So I didn't really care if the defense knew what I was doing, as long as everybody do their job. Like Rob said, like Rob said, it's, a, it's three plays in one. So if you don't do your job, then, you know, that's one option gone. Honestly, I think by me switching the playbook up this year and nobody really know what's going on, they don't know none of the guys on the animals, probably like the veterans. I think it's going to be way more complicated. And I'm going to have way more fun. Like I said, I'm just do a little bit more extra, put a little bit more work in, but I'm going to show – my team in this league, it doesn't matter where I go. As long as hard work and dedication and chemistry, that's all you need. So all the running back to back, nah, that's not happening. Even if we don't win the championship, BIC is not running it back to back. It's they it's, really? Yeah. <laughs> what what makes you say that? Overconfident. Now, if you think about it, what? They beat the U one time. Well, they won the championship last year. Beat them mm-hmm. three times in the season, but really, when have they been to the championship other than you know when when they lost? Was 2020-21 they came in? I right, they lost. Twenty twenty two they came back. They got it back in blood. I like that, but it's not really the whole team. You just shut down certain players. The BIC is a regular team. People don't know that, so they they, they team talk a lot. It's just certain players on that team. You just got to shut down. It's gonna be fun this year. People is really gonna get exposed. <laughs> well, and a little bit, a little uh, bit what we learned from the Vegas fall experiment, and I know you were watching closely, and 
uh, you even made a post in the, uh, in the Vegas chat that, that, uh, I think the guys really respected over there because they're, they're nothing if not fully respectful to, uh, the, the earlier divisions, right, Rob? But, uh, what we learned in, in that fall experiment was, is that the teams that would win, get the big head, pause, um, they, they would get the big ego. That's a better way to say it. And then they would start talking and, and flaunting how the great they were and expecting that easy route to either the next week or the rest of the season. We saw it happen to in succession, the pit bosses, the hunters, and then to a, a little bit of a lesser degree. I think we could all, all agree that the kryptonite came to play in the championship. They just unfortunately walked out of that game very confident in the beginning of it and ended up with the with a different result than they expected. So are you kind of saying that that theme is a something that to that we might expect would be the issue potentially with the defending champs? And B, is that something that kind of plagued the team that you're leaving? Last year? Um, with the defending champs, nah, they actually a really, 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 really good team. Like it's it's the guys you gotta stop on office and they did a good I, I can say they did a tremendous job recruiting. Uh get out to Kenny Stansbury and the rest of the guys. They did a tremendous job. Um going back to the U, um, I feel like we didn't recruit. I feel like our our head was a little bit too high. Um it was situations wow. like last year. No, Situations like last year, <laughs> we never took four S. I never took four L's in the season in this in this league. So you know that was shocking. But the teams that we did lose to, they did they they did their job. They did they studied. They did they they had, they had chemistry. They had extra backup guys. Like it was down. I was down in the middle of the season, kind of injured. My my lineman injured. We putting skills as lineman. Like we was really out there just flinging it. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like how we come from this to this. And nobody know except for us until we started losing. So then, you know, things like, oh, what's going on with them? I mean, yeah, the, the group is old, but they wise. It's just we we didn't we didn't come into that 2022 season prepared and and thinking like nobody was gonna step up to the plate, honestly. So let's let's just get into it because I think we we toyed with it a little bit, or at least enough. Mm -hmm. Y'all know, yeah, that's what I'm first, saying. Listen, you know what I'm here. No, 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 What? Why did you leave the U? Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. Why, why I was gonna say, nah, I was gonna say gonna, first. You was gonna say a whole bunch of stuff. See, you're gonna say a whole bunch of stuff. Why did you leave the U? Straight up. Let's go right into it. Why did you leave the U? Like, like I said, this is my last season. Um, second, uh, I wanted a challenge for myself. You know, I I never had a football challenge where I really like. Let me see if I could really do this. I never really wanted to go to the NFL or nothing like that. You know, my path was just a little different. I was just good at, at my at my skills. So with this, I said, if it's going to be my last season, let me go somewhere where winning ain't really a culture. You know, let me see if I could really change, like, a culture in the organization and, and, and you know, make some guys love winning. And it was it was easy, though. Silk City Animals, they from Patterson. I'm from Patterson. Never left home, and I just said, let me just go to Silk City. Uh, the real reason why I left the U, honestly, uh, I just still feel like we're not on the same page. Like, I just still feel like it's it's things missing. I don't know what it is, but it's just it just don't feel comfortable. And then with the Baltimore thing not playing, and then Baltimore spreading everywhere. You got players going to BIC. You got players going here. It's like five six players on the U. 
I'm like, well, damn, like, all right, like, <laughs> with that, with the amount of. <laughs> So funny last year, the chemistry. I mean, we tried to build ourselves up, you know. Playoff time come, I right, zero zero. The record don't matter. So you know, we always had that dog mentality of getting to the championship. When we get there, we're gonna see what happened. But I still feel like I don't know as a quarterback and me being on the team, and you know, I still feel like I wanted like some young dogs and something. Like we get veteran guys. I feel like the you the last two three years for me. I'm just speaking on me. I feel like that been a retirement stop stop for a lot of people. Oh, I'm gonna just go to you, get a ring, and retire. I mean, respectfully, he did it, but it, it worked though. Like he he played all his years, he did what he did it, he worked. And but after Rob, it was still like two people on the team, you know, at, when Rob was playing. And then the next year, it felt like it started adding three, four people. Then the next year, like I'm like, whoa, man, like what's going on? And I'm not like, gonna lie to you, yo. He has a point, and that's one of the reasons why I did retire because. Bro, I played in that – my last game was the 2021 chip. I, I'm very proud to say that. You feel me? I walked off the field with Huff and all those guys as a champion. So I'm super comfortable talking about anything. But I did realize that when I looked around, I'm like, damn, we are a bunch of old dogs that just kicked up on these I'm, – and I'm serious. I'm like, yo, we just beat up on these kids. But I don't think if we spin the block next year, these kids are going to let us kick up on them like that. Even though it was only by two points, I know that. And I, I always, you know, I, I harp on that heavy. It was only a two-point win. But those kids wasn't going to let us do that again if we didn't match that youth. We we did it. In 2021, the old dogs got it done. But I didn't know if the you can do it again without recruiting. Like, Mims was a great recruit. Um, There was another dude, Viral. He was a great recruit. But we needed to continue on that pattern of recruiting young, hungry guys to match BIC, and I didn't think that you can do that. So that was it for me. You know, because it seems like a little bit what you're talking about is like kind of like management, and and that is a loose term in the A7FL, but let's just keep that as the the tag there. We're talking about the uh, two franchises, and we're, we're, we're always kind of spinning around them, and at least right now in the A7, if it's, it's and the U. Now, Huff, you're leaving one, and you were just mentioning what another one was doing because you guys have obviously been playing against each other a lot. It's a rivalry, and guess what? It's also the back-to-back -back, uh, championship matchups. But let me just put you in a little bit of a hot seat there because it sounds like I know the answer, and I'll just test your loyalty here on a podcast and in a hot seat. Who is the better general manager for their team in the last three years? Is it Ken Stansberry or Ryan Shamar? The last three years, 2022, 2021, 2020. Ryan Schmar. Yeah, I thought so that was Kenny that's an still, easy question. Kenny still play. Kenny still play. So, I mean, he a manager player. Yeah. But well, Ryan who's Schmar, recruiting those guys? Because it's not Carl specifically. Not that, no, I, not that that's, Carl doesn't do I think a lot. That's, I think that's the question you should have asked. Who's the better manager? You have to go by wins and chips, and that's automatically the you. But who had the better recruiting class in the last three years? I mean, yeah, Kenny, yeah, Kenny, yeah. yeah, man, man, that team we, we lost in 2022 was a good team. <laughs> that was a good team. And they well, built that team in 2020 when they were 0-4 in the Salas tournament, 
started to build, had the rookie of the year in Ashanti Worthy. Oh, let's pick up Sterry Codrington. And then the next year they pick up Verardi, and now we're sitting here. That was and it. we have we have a the decision to with the best quarterback in the history of the U leaving for what sounds like Huff and correct me if I'm wrong. If the U were able to be on the same page and recruit and make it so that you felt like coming into the season, it was the the, the season that you expected. Would you have more likely stayed with the U? Um, no. Okay, and that's fair, and and let's not blame anybody for you <laughs> making a decision that's best for yourself. But what I will say is that, you know, looking forward, who's in a better position at, you know, what, February 14th, 2023? The BIC or the U, and I would say that it's unequivocally, there's no question about it, it's it's Kenny Stansbury and Carl Meisner, whoever the management is, has put BIC in a better position moving forward, at least at, at, at least that we know now than what we're we're currently at it with the U, with, which obviously there's a lot of questions. Maybe they find their own version of a Sterry Codrington. And like you said, this is your last year, so it is what it is. But let's let's kind of let's kind of zero in on the U. Is there any other types of conversations you want to throw out there to give us either more perspective on, you know, some of the the not downfall, but some of the the issues, at least in the regular season for the U? Or is there any other things that you want, kind of want to put out into the ether in 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 retrospect to you leaving the U and kind of putting that chapter of your football career behind you? Honestly, I just feel like I just made a Tom Brady move. Like I gave the U, I gave the Patterson U everything I had. I gave that organization everything. And I mean, I, I, this year I wouldn't want to go out no other way anyway. It's not even about me leaving the U. It's just about me doing something for a different organization. Like right after I leave the animals in 2023, you never know. They probably get somebody as good as me. And I respect you saying that I'm the, I don't know, best quarterback, uh, you know, the history, the A7 or whatever. But nah, it's it's somebody, this league going to expand. And it's going to be sometime we probably, oh, in 2050, and it's going to be that guy. He's just going to win or every year. Um, I had a little nice little run in this league, and, and I like it. You know, I, I get a lot of respect from the players, and I respect it. Because um, I don't – I might talk trash on the field, but once we're off the field, we go in the stands. For the fans that don't know, for the players, it's all love. You get a little bottle, you know, you do what you do, get something to eat, betting on the games. Like, <laughs> it's fun. Like, it's, it's different. It's a different vibe. But – uh, I don't. I don't have no no regrets of leaving the U. I don't have no petty to the players or you know. I I love the U, and I want I want to change. I want to change the script in any other way, honestly. Um, but you know, me leaving the team did create a couple enemies. Some of my old dogs ain't talking to me, so I guess what well, football court has made us close. I don't know what's going on with that, but. I don't know when we played them. I got something for their ass. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to season one, season nine of the A7FL this fall, and when you think about where these fissures started, walking into 2022 in our conversations with Ryan Shamar, there seemed to have been something different about the culture of the team. You went through everything in 2019, falling one game short. You won the Salas tournament in 2020. 2020 2021 was your coronation as a team. 
what changed from when you guys held up your second straight chip in 2021 to opening day 2022 to where we saw the loss to the BIC, the loss to the rare breed, kind of that loss. I don't know if it was confidence or synchronicity. What was the one thing that started it at a very small level that led to you guys losing on the one yard line this past July? Um, we talking about the game or we talking about what led up to uh, the 2020, 2022 season of, you know, us on our downfall. Basically the whole, give us, give us your version of the story. Starting okay. from opening from the end of 2021 to when you feel like things were you were never going back. Uh, I never made that decision honestly until this off season. So probably like January, I told myself I wasn't going back. Like I was still in the group chats and everything. So I just did that move on my own. Um, I didn't really talk to my teammates. I just gave them a message and told them I'm leaving. I didn't really feel like I had to explain myself to anybody. Um, like I said, I gave the organization all I had, and you know, if they can't respect me moving on and doing something else, then ain't nothing I could tell them. Ain't like I went to the ops or the opposing team that beat us or something. It was shots fired, shots fired. Yeah, it's a team you know that really didn't well, have nothing. But go ahead, go ahead. Were there other teams in the mix? Were, no, was it just Silk City? It was just Silk Silk City. I'm not leaving my town. I'm not going to win no championship for another town, another city. I'm, don't that. torture the teams that didn't get him and and let them believe that they had a chance. <laughs> well, Especially a the team question. that I'm on because they would have definitely gone with Huff over me. No, that's a fair question. Because to be honest, Huff, this has been the wildest offseason in A7 history, at least the, during the time I've been here. You guys might have seen some more wild shit. I know there was something with a helicopter once that we really can't go into. But when it comes to the moves being made in this offseason, Players going across the country like Mark Cooper flying from Florida to Las Vegas to completely start their lives over with a new team. You're a throwback. You go back to town beef in that mentality. You're one of the guys who, when you think of the A7FL, you think of Quattro Huff, and you've been the face of this league as long as I've been here. And to think of you not playing in another U uniform is as jarring as thinking first-hand accounts of conversations between people in other divisions talking about jumping over or talking about building super teams. Like these are active conversations right now. Half the shit we talk about here on the podcast is what we could actually talk about. There's so many things going on behind the scenes between now and March 26th that it feels like a, it feels like an Aaron Sorkin show with all the fucking intrigue and monologues and Facebook posts it's fucking bananas, but I want to talk about the chat. Talk to the chat real quick. There are people that have been talking about the revitalization of the DMV division, and we have two new teams. We have the DC Buzz, and we have the Baltimore Watchmen. If you notice, a lot of players are migrating, and a lot of conversations about your old position, Huff, where there's going to be a vacancy at that position for the first time in who knows how long because it's always been you and Kareem Moon going back and forth with him primarily being your wide receiver one. What do you think the expectations are for someone taking your spot on the team? Great question. And do you think they're going to be judged differently 
than any other starting quarterback in the league because they're taking your spot? That's a good question. I've never even seen – it's only been me, Moon, and Marcus back there playing quarterback. I've never even seen nobody else. That's a good question. They're going to get a lot of controversy from you. <laughs> they, they use that a, a championship contender every year. They need to make it to the semifinals or a championship. So that's right. what them guys expecting to get to. I don't know. Well, the guy, the guy to answer that, the guy who is being rumored and is pretty much penciled in now, who knows the consistency he's going to bring that to that, but we'll keep it out of rumor. All right, fine. But it's OG buck. So he, so that's not only a guy that you just mentioned, it has a little bit of a, a, a story behind him, which I think is unfair that he gets to a certain point in the playoffs and he can't get over the top. I'll ask you this, Huff. Who had a better offensive line last year, the rare breed or the you? My guy, my guys are, are better, but the rare breed last year was just healthier. And they had more, right? They had more guys, I think would be the, yeah, the correct way to say it. I, 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 when we did our fantasy draft, Huff, and I know you're a huge fan of the show, I drafted uh, number 76. What's his name? I always mess it up. I don't really know all their names. No, 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 from your team, from the U. Oh, 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 uh, Muggs. Muggs, yes. Yeah. So, like, we have respect for the guys that are out there. The problem was is that, like you said, the 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 depth of those big guys would run down because at the end of the game, especially when you're running a high-tempo offense, you know, like you said, you guys got skill guys in there. So it was a baited question. You're a very loyal and humble guy, and I appreciate you getting the U's back and not throwing them under the bus. But I would say that the rare breed had a better offensive line than the U just because of the consistency and the depth. And they, uh, specifically Buck, had an issue with your guys' defensive line. So if Buck is the guy going over there, and Buck on our show, Huff, and I don't know if you listened to that episode, said that he's the best quarterback in the league. Now knowing who it is, you know, because you were just asking, now knowing who it is, what are the expectations for a guy that has been a, a, a veteran starter in this league that has a little bit of a wrap up on him and has a lot to prove. Is this is this a situation that he could benefit from, or you think this is kind of a trap where he's kind of walking into a situation where it it looks like he's getting an upgrade, where he might even be in a situation where it's almost a little bit of a step back, at least as, as far as the protection goes. Uh, I don't think it's a step back. I think he, you know, it's a moderate, moderate. He didn't he didn't go he didn't go down. Um, I don't know if he went up because I don't know who they have. Um, I don't think he really – it's up to Buck, honestly. There's no more excuses now. Like, you put yourself on a championship contender team. If he don't get to the championship, he a bust. Can't be the best quarterback in the league and never make it to a championship. So, when people be talking about – they just be talking, man. I get on the field, show some work. And I, and I don't really be caring about who the best player in the league, this and that. I just literally go out there and compete and then go to work on Monday. Like, like that's literally what When you played, Buck, head-to-head. -head. I beat him every time except for one time last year. Nobody don't really – I didn't really, didn't really take no losses to nobody. Honestly, my competition right now at quarterback is like Sterry. I like Sterry. I'm just Sterry. And you're gonna get a lot of you're gonna get a lot more looks now because you're you're now you know there's no there's nothing to say that oh well Huff's only good no you're gonna show everybody that on the animals you're gonna elevate that that's gonna be a great conversation mm -hmm. especially if it is your swan song. 
but let's let's continue with the buck thing because you know that i can't control myself and i apologize to all the listeners and especially the 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 entire state of maryland and you know i love you specifically but you played against him head to head and he on our air said that your team kind of got in his head and he took himself out in a playoff game down with the with the, with all the money the whole season on the line and put in his backup now we talk about it all the time the you have no, 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 no. Listen, listen to the whole point. I know I talk too much. Okay, okay. We talk about it all the time. You guys do have a system in which you can you can interchange yourself and Moon. And whether it's, you know, you just want to go with a little bit of a different change of pace or Moon has the triple option package, which, you know, I'm always narking when you guys score, but nobody can still stop it. Um, but when you guys switch quarterbacks, it's not because it's the fourth quarter and you're down and 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 I quote, someone got in your head. What was your view about what you saw firsthand of OG Buck, now the U quarterback, when you guys faced him last year, taking himself out in consecutive playoff games in the fourth quarter and putting in Lenny Manziel? Uh, Buck, Buck sometimes he got to control himself. You know, he got to calm himself down. So I see why he did that because he is a play caller. So you can't be too upset and be the play caller. So I can see why he did that. But that's something you got to work through and just – grind through it that's not something that you would ever do personally i mean i did it but i had moon he had lenny no disrespect to lenny i like lenny he's a good guy but i got moon moon won the championship with you before me he won in 2014 then i came in 2015 uh got injured in the semifinals but i was a starting quarterback the whole year then moon yep and the team won it in 2015 so you know I tell Moon, I tell majority of the majority of the guys on the UEO, y'all legends to me. Like when I came in this league, I was looking at y'all. So by me just coming on the team and just adding to y'all, uh, it just made feel everything good. But back to the Buck situation, I feel like I feel like if Buck wanna be that guy, this is the year for him to be that guy. The U they always got a lot of confidence and big talk about what they're gonna do. And I don't feel like they really took a step down with getting Buck. That's a great pickup, honestly. They just got to be acceptable to his play calling and how he do things because obviously me and him is different quarterbacks. They're not going to get much running from Buck, you know, this and that. So that's that's going to be, I don't know, that's going to be something new. I hope they practicing because if not, it ain't going to work all good. They ain't practicing. But Animals are either the one or the two seed. Yeah. How excited are you to see who the U ends up being without you and when you get to face them head to head? Honestly, I really don't even care about the U. <laughs> I'm not even excited to go up or down. I'm really with the animals. Like I'm really I'm really rocking with the animals. So whatever the animals do, I'm with whatever the animals do. All I want to do is win win with the animals. I got a question though, right? The U is on your schedule. Yeah. How do you prepare the animals for that game? Because you know, like I know how these rivalry games go. The air's different. It feels different. People play different. Everybody gets 10 plus on their attributes. So how do you prepare your guys on the animals who might not even understand where this, where this energy is coming from? How do you prepare them for that type of game? Uh, that's a question I can't even answer right now. When I think week five we played them, it was already mocked on my college. I already told my boys I'm not coming on day. 
was going down. A lot of people don't know I'm playing defense this year. I'm really an athlete what? this year. <laughs> a lot, and I'm like, people don't know, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm a dog on defense, man. Mm. So you know, a lot of people don't know I might not play the whole game at defense because I still got a QB, but ain't gonna be no easy wins over here. There's no easy wins, and I'm well. Gonna, I'm not gonna say that, but I'm, we're gonna we're gonna. Well, we're gonna well, well, you gotta you gotta say it now. You can't you can't half step with that. All right, we're gonna beat beat you. <laughs> Okay, then. Yeah. That'll 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 do it. Um, shout out to Pachata Bob, by the way, getting all the scoops. We had to cut cut the camera to individual shots because Rob was on the phone directing traffic out there, going going in his Adam Schefter bag. But but we are live, and the comments are a fucking mess. Straight up, <laughs> uh, I can't even see. I'm to watch it with the show. I tell I tell these guys all the time they should just let them roll. But well, uh, let's hey, let's hear look. let's hear what they have to say. Casey Fennessy, does Moon start Week One or another quarterback? What's the bet odds? What are the bet odds on that? What are the betting odds on that? Uh, that's a good question. Does Moon start Week One? It is a good question. Oh, it's... does Moon? I thought. I oh, thought they were saying here's a bigger start question for the animals. I think he does. It's seven games in the regular season. The BIC and the U are some of the only teams to play seven full weeks in the season. So, Huff, you actually get a bye week. Do the players from other divisions, like Buck, like a Snag Sosa, who's in the chat now, Rob, you talked about being a player that showed up only when it mattered, when it was like what Mm -hmm. Huff just said. The day after the – I know I'm showing up to that game against the U, and I am not showing up to work the next day for good or for bad. The over-under for that is five and a half games. Do they get the over or do they get the under? For appearances by those main guys, yeah. Yes, by, by, those, by those new players that we've all heard are jumping to the U, a lot of them in this chat. I'll give you a perspective. I'll give you a perspective. I'll give you a perspective. Those guys that are supposedly, we're talking allegedly snags, allegedly buck, you know, those guys. Wolverine, yeah, there's a yeah, lot of them. Uh, it's, it's all alleged. But if those guys are there, I don't think they'll miss a game. And the reason why I don't think they'll miss a game is because whatever happened in Baltimore happened in Baltimore. But all those guys have revenge on their mind. And I think that might help them mesh better with this new look you because it's a revenge tour for everyone that's there. And I think if a guy like Snags or a guy like Buck is to really make a mark on a team like the U and like we talked about earlier, there's nothing but pressure for those guys over there right now. You are expected to be in the semifinals or the chip. It's really, it's that a bust. If you don't make it past round one, it's a failure. You you know that like I know that. And and we see it's a seven-week season now. We have the two conferences. If you didn't join us last week, you fucked up. I'm going to say that now. You legitimately fucked up because you didn't see the schedule. But you'll be able to see it at a7fl.com. We start March 26th. Don't worry. We've got you. And you'll be able to see Huff on some of the games of the week and on a7fl.tv. But last week when we were looking at the schedule, we saw the new split. Everything to the west of Ohio is the Western Conference. So that is Cincinnati, Columbus, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. 
The Eastern Conference is New Jersey, Boston, the DMV, which is Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, and the teams in Florida. Depending on who you talk to and what Facebook groups you're in, a lot of people are saying it's gonna. there are three serious teams in the East, maybe three in the West. You could probably say there's four in the East. But the meat grinder that will be the road to the Eastern Conference Championship, is this the toughest road for any team in A7FL history to win a chip especially when they have to go cross-country to win it. No. And I say no because I talked about this with Ryan DePaul. I guess they're doing it for entertainment business, so they want somebody from the East and then somebody from the West. Man, this is A7FL. Do your own thing. Let's just have a big playoff bracket, one from 16 or 32. It don't matter. And let's just do whatever. But I guess, you know, the traveling expenses, this and that, uh-uh-uh, it might get in the way. Man, I just feel like they just try to make – I just feel like whoever on the East go to the championship, they're going to beat this shit out the West Coast. It's, <laughs> it's not – it's really no comparison. Damn. Like, them guys, them guys are – they're getting better, but they're not there. They're what are better. the differences? What, what are you seeing – because I'm assuming I know you've watched at least some of the fall brawl coverage, and there have been conversations about East Coast guys coming out there at some point. What's the thing that would get you? And this is a conversation I've had with Robin Corey and other guests on the show. It's kind of a constant. How long does it take to catch up with New Jersey and Baltimore? We oh, Ryan DePaul says it's three seasons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your thoughts are, but for me, Vegas being put in a spot like this fall gives them a huge advantage and probably a bigger, if not as large target as the BIC have on their back as defending champions. Because these guys speed ran the shit-talking route in the A7. They are Baltimore-level shit-talkers right now. And we have to see over the long haul whether or not that's going to work or not. And that's I think I think that's the catch because the Vegas guys are just putting a target on their back where Hub just said it, even even based off of what we saw, we didn't see anything that was so crazy. Like we didn't see players that look so unstoppable. Oh, we don't know what to do with them. Curtis Jones is one of the better receivers that is out there in Vegas. He came to New Jersey and maybe scored one touchdown against the best team in the league at the time, or one of the best teams in the league at the time. So these guys are very manageable, but they are talking a lot of shit, Huff. And they said your name a few times. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about them. This is my last season. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, uh, I give it I, like I'm. On, I think I'm on Ryan DePaul uh, answer. I give it like 2025, probably a Florida team win before Vegas. Some Florida boys and uh and flag football, man. You treat this like flag football a little I'm bit. Trying it's a to tell you. Story. I like I like the guy from the Nightcrawlers too. He ranked in the country in that flag football. He brings some flag football guys out here. Man, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Now, I saw the Vegas guys firsthand, a lot of them, and I saw one of the top flag teams out there, 
and lost uh, combined 100 to 12. So I can uh, speak on that. A, you know, you a did score bit. a touchdown though. So you got that. I threw two and and two were taken away from me. So I'm taking those four because we all saw what those zebras were doing to that game. And, uh, you know, shout out to Coach Bartley who made his, his opinion known. Uh, he was making his opinion known every, you know, for 30 minutes at a time at times um in that championship game and and that was riveting television but what i will say about the vegas division is 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 the skill guys i think are relatively comparable to the skill guys out here the skill guys in florida the skill guys that you would expect to be great skill guys i think the main rob you could stank your nose I, i've seen real speed <laughs> real speed Corey, stop you love listen i get it you love listen baltimore, listen, baltimore hates there you. is no baltimore there is hates no you comparison there's, listen i get baltimore it baltimore doesn't even exist anymore baltimore hates don't you even say new that jersey's word. 50 50 you're trying to earn vegas and ohio likes you i get Corey. i get it i get it everybody hates hates what is the last time Corey gave this gave a shit about anybody but his wife and 87 kids liking him listen he's showing so much vegas love like we've seen some Phenomenal athlete, where we watched the whole Standing fall season on man. the field, and I witnessed that game. And did I say that the the pit bosses, which w it's going to be really really interesting, who even shows up week one to them based on all the things that are happening behind the scenes? Right. Let the other side of the ball go into more detail. Um, this is a Huff show, but what I was going to say before Rob tried to throw me under the bus because they they invited me out there and and were at least sem, semi nice even though my wife is still pissed off at specifically Derek Duncan because there wasn't anybody to block for me. I tried to explain to her that it wasn't his responsibility and that he had even offered to block for me himself, but him and Chris <laughs> Vera's wives. money to see that. Why was that not an option? Like the what wives, the, I thought the wives. we were friends. And on Valentine's Day, we're gonna we're gonna throw the wives under the bus because they're likely not listening to the podcast specifically. Love you, babe. Um, she's listening to just me yell, and she's telling me to calm down. But but the difference between Vegas right this second, in my opinion, because like I said, the skill guys are are relatively close. Now the the mm -hmm. level of of polish and the level of understanding in this game that the skill guys have, I don't think is close because we're talking about experience. But the speed, the 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 strength, the ball skills. Anywhere you go that in football that has a football culture that's relatively strong, you're going to see those guys kind of show up. That's everybody wants to show up to be the guy with the ball. What Vegas doesn't have in spades that New Jersey does, that Baltimore, even though they don't exist, they still do, even though they're shipping them everywhere, which was the dumbest thing. To, we haven't addressed that, which was the dumbest thing ever, by the way. But anyway, what these established divisions have are guys that are like 270 to 340 that are about this life and, and not that not that there's not vegas guys maybe even showing up later or but i just haven't seen them in the 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 volume that i've seen them around here and i think that's one of the reasons why when the vegas force who were seven and one guys coming in to playing bic were absolutely overwhelmed even though they claimed to have like big strong offensive line they had nothing to say to anybody on the BIC defensive line. And even though Rob will blaspheme his name, Master Chief Psycho was getting through like he was, you know, made of water. So, you know, what do you think that that division, Huff, as an expert of winning in this league and, and somebody who they should pay attention to, as opposed to maybe, you know, publicly on Facebook say that they're going to ignore what would be your words of wisdom to the guys in that division as they 
have basically been spoiled with television in their fall, which I think is a dangerous thing. This is tackle football. You're going to win in the trenches in A7FL. The skill, you can have the best skills, but if the quarterback can't get that skill because the pressure is coming, you're not going to be able to do nothing unless you got an athletic-ass quarterback and he's just making the one guy miss what he needs to make. Other than that, you're not really going to do anything. You're not I think I anything. Huff, I think I just got sacked again and I I have been I've been home for a week. Um, <laughs> well, here's a here's a question about offensive linemen. Huff, your stat sheet during BIC losses. Again, and even rare breed losses. You're getting sacked 3 5 times in a game. The offensive line was a real sticking point. The stat that Matt always said Sorry, Matt. The stat that you always say, Matt, is that in the games of the week, you were sacked more times than OG Buck, Sterry Codrington, and just because it's funny to put in there, even your boy Corey Hammond because it was just against the Renegades. So even when you put those numbers together, you were sacked more times than those three quarterbacks. Now, you were featured on the games of the week a lot. Those guys, you know, specifically had pretty decent offensive lines and and a, and a, and a more balanced scheme where 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 Sterry was running a little bit more than you. Um, so Matt, uh, uh, car crash noise, but uh, finish your point because that's the stat: is that you've been sacked in 2023 more times than the top quarterbacks combined. Yeah. What makes this animals team different than that? Like you, don't, I know you don't want to give away who's going to be on your team. Who's going to be on the roster? Who's defected? Who? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Um, we're not going to put any periods or dots on this sentence. We're going to leave Thomas here for that you. That was too far. <laughs> if you just no-sold it, we would have been fine, and it would have been cheeky, but you have to be you, and you have to drive the train. I don't have my soundboard anymore, so I can't play the car crash. Mode. There we go. I'll get my soundboard back at some point. I'll be doing a, a GoFundMe or something to get it back. But – um, what makes this offensive line, what makes this animals team different to where you can step up into the pocket and be the magician that we have seen time and time again in this league? Uh, we have a good line, but I'm coming in this, this, this year with a different playbook. So my formation is not really going to be the same as if I was on the youth. I'm going to be more open, so this year I'm going to be doing a lot more running um, and using my legs and creating creating more offensive plays for my, my younger guys. Because, like you said, the team, I went from a wise old team to now we they young, and they just really want to just run around and just do flies. And I'm like, nah, we're doing slants and drags. Like, come on now. I throw a fly here and there, but man, they crazy. They crazy. They be having me cracking up. But nah, this year I think it's bro, a different you throw seventy, bro, you throw seventy yards in the air. If I if I was a wide receiver <laughs> and I had any athleticism, which I am neither, I would be telling you to go up top too. <laughs> now nah, I'm gonna give them some chances though. I'm gonna try to you know get a little bit of achievements over there, get a rookie of the year or something. You know, get his organization something. Man. That's what I do it for. I do it. I mean, I do it for. I'm, I'm in the other people bracket now. It's not a lot of people that do what I do. So I'm just I don't think, move yeah, I don't think anyone since Nemeth has done this. Yeah. Where they left a prominent team, Nemeth left the bombers back in the day and then went to BIC and changed the culture over there. 
this is the first time in the A7 era that a prominent quarterback is leaving an organization that was used to winning and trying to build up an organization that, let's just be honest, they have no history of winning, like, whatsoever. No, that's definitely a fact. I mean, at least the Animals have won in this league in the past. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say a quarterback that showed up to a team that never won before and then all of a sudden that year made the playoffs, but you already know who it is. Anyway. <laughs> no, but Huff, you're way better than me. So you you changing teams is actually gonna be memorable. Uh I was after that season kicked off of that team. You're gonna retire and they're gonna be begging <laughs> you back. Um no, the only way I won't retire is if we gotta get really deep in the playoffs. We got at least semifinals of championship. Like really deep. That's that's the only way. Don't if we don't make it to the semifinals of the championship. Robin Matt, up. if the animals win the championship with Huff at quarterback this year, oh, is that, that would be crazy. is that an insur- is that an insurmountable greatness thing that no I'm, one will ever do in the I'm, I'm, gonna, be, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be real Go with ahead, you. Rob. I'm gonna be quick, Matt. Don't worry. No, yeah. It won't even for me personally, it won't even be as it won't be Huff and the animals winning. I'm going to be next to Kenny Stansberry and every player on BIC talking the most shit I can ever talk to a team <laughs> if they allow that to happen. Because, no, no, listen, I'm still on record saying BIC got this for at least yeah. another two seasons. I'm on record. I'm, I'm and sorry right in advance, Rob. Like, like Huff said, advance, no, look, like Huff said, after that, we're looking at Florida. And that's just... Look at him. Look at him. I, I, he was using quotes there, but I'm I'm gonna troll Rob real quick here. When the animals are winning, are you gonna say we too with the animals now? Nah, nah, all nah. Right, me, right, me, yeah. and, me and her for one one full season removed. That's still my quarterback. That's my championship quarterback. But we well, one well, season removed. You're opening the season against the Trenton Animals in week two. You guys are on the road to Boston. You guys will be playing the Boston team for the very first time. You guys get a chance to take a break in week three. Week four, it's Cor- it's Corey versus versus you, Huff. It's Animals and Snow Tribe in week four. Week week five is Animals and You. So, Corey, you may get Huff taking it a little easier getting ready for that You game. Yeah, what's that called? What's that called when you, when you, you have the – oh, it's a trap game. Yeah, it's a trap game. The Snow Tribe is going to be a trap game. And but actually, then the I'm, week I'm after, gonna see but, I'm gonna see Huff this weekend. Hey, buddy, we're scrimmaging Sunday. I'll see you. Oh, please, someone get me footage of that. I need I need video of that. I don't care. I mean, someone send me up, a Sony handy cam or if GoPro from 06. If the Renegades are ever doing something, Mike Rose Hendricks will be there with a live of people's feet. But uh, I don't think you're gonna get. <laughs> no. I don't think shame, Corey. I'm an open opportunity man. No, what I'm saying yo, is, is he's supposed to be. Big shame, yo, Matt, you're crazy. Nah, that crazy. <laughs> no. That's not what I meant, but it was a good joke, so I'm gonna leave it. Now, nah, week four, hey, that's yo. gonna be the start of my season, though. I think week four is gonna be the start of my season. Week one, two, and three, those are my stat games. Those are my games that show games, my guys. Yes. Yeah, yes. those are games that show my guys, you know, confidence, confidence. Let's get this chemistry right. You know, talk to them a lot. Week four, that's definitely the start of the season, though. And that's a hell of a schedule. That's a hell of a schedule to start off with a new team, though. That's actually Mm -hmm. really good. Yeah, it's a very nice schedule. But you guys on the other side of that get the BIC the very next week. And after that, you end the season against the Renegades. 
So if you're talking about week one and week two being stats games for you, Against and that's Boston. The role is week one, right? The role is Yes, yeah. and Jay Rolla is in the chat. Uh, if you have not seen already, yeah. what's up, Rolla? And we'll, you, we'll bro. Uh, according to Snag Sosa, when you guys play off, uh, he the number twenty five mark. My words, we gonna uh, they're gonna they're coming after you. Your old team uh, with some new members is is are looking certainly to come after you, but. Uh, and if we don't bring your camera and roast the fuck out of me and put it on World Star, and I'm telling you, I hate being embarrassed, but you got my position to put your phone or camera in my face. So if you beat the if you beat the U or get over 25 points, we will be able to go up with our cameras to Snack Sosa and and say to him, "Ha ha ha, you sir, you were wrong." Uh, exactly <laughs> like that, um, because I like all the blood in my body and I respect these snacks. Uh, but when you look at that schedule and you see how it plays out, the most important game may be week seven because weeks one and two, you guys are finding the rhythm. You'll be playing against a Boston team that is still in the same position you guys are. I consider the animals walking into the season a, a new franchise in that sense because it's a complete revitalization. We've been making the Tom Brady allegories all game long, but it all, all podcast long. But it is, it is a, it is feeling like that Brady move. And then you have the role is in week one, an expansion franchise. You're facing two expansion franchises in your first two weeks. Then you have that week off, and that has to be such a a blessing that to take that off because of the stretch you guys have ahead. Four weeks, four, five, and six. Week four. I, I can't bet against my co-host, but that's going to be an interesting game. And that is a game to the week game. Don't and, lose to the animals. <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing. But that's the thing is like, you could be walking into week we seven. We are going to be walking into week four or five, at least like three or four. And oh. But that's the thing. You're going to, if you're walking in there three and oh against the BIC and you, and you split that series, the way this division and this conference is setting up, you might get a playoff spot or you might be on the outside looking in. As the face of this league for as long as I've been around, and I said that earlier, but it's true, a guy that people in the chat are saying should be the logo, leading a new team in the toughest division the in our league. The throw silhouette, like the underhand throw silhouette is the logo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I feel it. I'm down. That that would be a sick that would be a sick image. But anyway, car crash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what are your expectations? You're you're talking about making a deep run to the playoffs being the only thing that would bring you back. But with the bitter taste of not being able to get that last win or get into the playoffs, drive you for one more go. And, and we're looking at Las Vegas and we're using it as a test case. If someone from the West coast made you an offer at the end of this season to coach and play, to become the bill Russell of a team out there, because we've heard some, you know, 
There's a lot of wild shit going on the left hand of the side of the country. And we know they want a winner. And speaking to people like Anthony Bartley, speaking to people who run those teams, they already feel like they're there. But I think it's universally agreed right now the team that has the the t- biggest target on their back are the BIC. And until somebody beats the BIC, they're going to be the toughest team to beat. In the, they're, they're the champions of this league. Until July, they are the champions of this league. Right. Are those – are those scenarios enough for you to come back next year? And would you want a chance to run your own team? Uh, I wouldn't want a chance to run my own team. I just have to run my own team. That's just too much work. I respect me. I respect job. that answer. <laughs> That's another job. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've seen a couple offers. This this has been the craziest offseason, like I said. I've seen some offers. Honestly, I, I wasn't thinking about going nowhere, but once the offers came, I'm like, ah, man. But then I'm like, nah, man, I'm too loyal. I know you said the Animals were the only team you would have gone to aside from the U. But was – and you don't have to say what the team was or what the offer was. But what was the – what were some of the offers you were hearing and did any of them? And deep down in your gut, getting you to think, oh, I could fuck them up out there. Or I could do some damage on this team because I I've heard rumors. I think Rob and Corey have heard rumors as well. And the thing about rumors is that they spread fast. They spread like fucking wildfire, yeah. and you can't really discern unless you get it directly from the parties involved. And we've learned that very quickly, even from the parties involved, that there might be red herring after red herring after red herring. There's so much yeah, we- fucking corporate espionage in this goddamn Fakakta league. Yeah, we had people announce where they're going and are not going there. So <laughs> well, that, oh, team's that team's not there anymore, so he can't really go well, there. Well, no, anymore. not just that. There's other ones too. There's other ones too, and we can get true. That oh time. yeah, 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 there's yeah, yeah. But then there's also there's also we we just played around. And we were just screwing around, and one of us, one of us was like, "Oh yeah, Mark Bagway's thinking about maybe playing in Jersey," and everybody's like, "Oh." That everybody, was a lie. Everybody lost their minds. <laughs> Trey Ro- Trey Robinson from the Pit Bosses hit me up. He's like, because he's a fr- he's from Philly, and he tried to troll everybody. He's like, yeah, I'm coming back east. I was like, I don't know. You can come to Snow Tribe, but I I'm telling all quarterbacks to please stay away. I really want to play. Um, you're better than me, Trey. Man, I chip. just talked to Trey like last week. He told me the same thing. Yeah, and but that literally- was a huge troll because they're having fun with it. But that's what I'm saying. Like the, the the who is the team that offered you Huff, and uh, and how serious were you taking it? Oh uh, man, Vegas was heavy. Oh my God, Vegas. They almost damn near had me move, man. I'm like, man. <laughs> but I'm like, nah, I just can't just jump, jump. I can't just jump and leave. I told them like, bro, you know, Vegas kind of nice, good. bro. Vegas kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, no. Low key. Uh, Vegas. Rob shaking his hand. Vegas. Vegas, they made nice offers, um, but I got to see how, you know, what life's going with that. Um, um, Snow Tribe, um, I mean, it wasn't really It'd be too many. stupid not to. It's yeah, crazy. it wasn't Don't really too many. Give me a look. Other than the two Vegas teams and Snow Tribe, like, it, the offers that I got from other teams was just, okay, we got these players for you. But the Vegas and the Snow Tribe teams, they was making offer offers. You know, we're not going to get there, but they was making offers. And I'm like, man. I ain't no hoe. You're not about to just fight me on you, my body. I'm like, nah, nah. It sounds good, but everything that is green ain't good. Ain't good, nah. 
Right, right, right. So yeah, I, just, and then I stuck with the animals. They're they're offering you the world, and then I uh, I I leak that I'm gonna not be able to make the the fourth or the fifth for a weekend, and that's when they schedule their first practice. So that just goes to show, that just goes to snow. But anyway, um, <laughs> making it about me, because fuck it, right? Why not? What do you have to say to me, Huff? Uh-huh. As I am playing your old team week one, what should I be doing? Ooh, all the corner. Than, uh, other than uh, I'm getting in the gym. <laughs> I got to uh, see. I have to look at your schedule, honestly. Yeah. It was like E and J dumped on me because you all you know the story. But anyway, we ain't wasting no liquor. <laughs> right. I, no liquor. <laughs> I mean, is E and J is E and J really liquor or is it just disgusting mouthwash at that point? Let's be honest. When you don't got nothing, anything is good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't got nothing, you can just drink the mouthwash. Anything but anyway, how do I beat the you? No. Um, how do you beat the you? It's not even now. You, remember, I team, remember I can't. That's true. But remember, I can't run either. So you're gonna have to figure this out with you know just me standing there. No, I mean, you've been I'm you've just... been playing them. You've been playing them oh, for a long traffic. time. So, so you know the players. You've been playing yeah. for a long time, so you know the players. You just have to really, like, define your playbook and suit it to your skill set guys. You can't just come in here, oh, I got this, I got that, but you don't really have that guy to run that route or this and that. You have to adjust to your team. Once you get so adjust that, to your so team. So that would require practice time, right? That, that's interesting. I mean, you could, yeah, practice, of course, but, you know, you know, other things, other things come, come into the trap as, as a, People knowing exactly what you want them to do, like steps. Like I tell my guys, don't take three steps. Like this is a semi pro bro. I already have the ball in my hand. Literally right. take one yard step or just just Slam. cut automatically. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that's, that's it's just difference. little things like that. It's literally little things like that. Like you have should, to. Should should I you. should I go with the sidearm throw? Is that just try or? I'm plan on getting Tommy J surgery. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the top. That that Tommy is not a friend of mine. Um, but that was oh, actually some great. I'm in a pod. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Oh, no, that was actually some great insight. Um, maybe Huff can give us some more insight on what makes him different than the average quarterback. Uh, some a tip like that is something I know they're not talking about in Vegas. You get what I'm saying? Like, or mm-hmm. a brand new team, or a quarterback that's never played this before. They're not telling their receivers to cut the route a little shorter because this is a seven, seven on seven hash the sideline. You get what I'm saying? They, so what, uh, Rob, what other tips do you have? Rob, those, they probably are telling the receiver. He's they're, not, they're not, <laughs> they're not, I am and Huff and Huff could probably have seen, has seen the film of guys not doing that, but go ahead answer the question. I'm sorry. We're just, Carter. Uh, it's just, it's just little tips though. Like everybody got their own playing style, but with me, I'll tell guys, you know, don't do your route to the fullest. If I tell you to run an out, run a two, three yard out if you're already five yards off the ball. Like my screens be my my run plays sometimes. Even though the, the opposite team know it, I just need two or three yards. Like it's just little things. I'm not trying to beat you going going over top, doing this, doing that. That's gonna happen, but it's just I want positive yards every single down. Like as long as I've been playing this game, I say if I could get positive yards every play. And I could score at least 30 points a game, I'm okay. You know, my defense gonna give up 20. I'm okay. But it's just little things. Like if a defender off at seven yards and you doing a hitch, do a two, three yard hitch. 
Don't run your whole five yards and then stop for what? You already ran yeah. to him. And that's what I always team. and that's what I always say watching you is is it's you almost you almost operate the A7 quarterback like a point guard. It's more important to get the guys the ball so that they can run than it is to design this triple or double move or this 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 really complex scheme. And I think that's what I, I think a lot of the teams that are relatively new to this league make the mistake, right? Right, Huff? It's seven on seven makes it a simpler, more more fundamental game than it makes it, you know, this scheme heavy, you know, let's, I don't know, go back into the 1910s and, and pull an offense from there and see if it works when it's seven guys with a wishbone, right? It's, hey, my one-on-one -on -one matchup that I either designed based on scheme or formation or shift or motion, that one-on-one -on -one matchup where I have Jakari Mims on almost any corner in the league, he's going to beat him nine times out of 10 on most of the routes. So let's read what, right? It's simpler. The game A7 is, is actually simpler more than it is complex. And then what you guys do is you just have the chemistry that when you break the pocket, you go into the what, what Derek Duncan and uh, Scott Van Pelt would call the pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. And guys are trying to emulate that you style, but you guys are playing that fast break style of offense. Would you agree with that sentiment to, so, so that guys can, you know, at, at least that are new at this, can, can evolve to, to simplify? Is that where you see this game? Yeah, fast or slow. It really don't matter. The biggest thing quarterbacks have to stop doing, which I don't even say because I guess, I don't know. You live and you learn. They got to stop running the same formation. You got to switch it up, bro. If it's four people blitzing you and you're tight end not even leaking on a release and he's dead blocked, you're getting sacked every time. Every switch time. Switch it up. Put, a, put double tight end. Like, you have to switch it up. You have to give the defense something different. You can't keep doing the same thing. They're going to keep coming the same way. That's it, really. A lot of guys really don't switch it up. Like they, a lot of people do the three down linemen, one wide receiver to the left, one to the right, and then have they running back. But they running back don't even do a Face. swing. He don't do anything. He just literally standing next to him. So you, of course, extra defender is gonna come. It's just the little things people really. They really have to. I watch film on myself. I watch all my losses. I don't watch my wins. So when I lose, when I lose, I want to see why I lost. My wins, I don't care about the win because I did my job to get the win. So people really just have to watch film on themselves, and then you got to study the game on A7, and then you'll get it. But if you're just going to come out here and wing it, like it's pick up football, you ain't never going to win no championship. Well, let, when you take – Very steady film, too. No, yeah, I was going to say let this be my last question because you just said you watch film on yourself and you watch, you know, the losses. What do you think you and your former team could have done better in that championship? That's the Ooh. question I was I knew you were going to ask it, too. That's why I – well, I'm talking now. Well, we, so we, car crash. Well, we could have done better. Come on, y'all. We playing Sterry. Why do we have any linemen out there over 200 pounds? Put speed. Courage, I think, messed his finger up or something, so he wasn't really getting no touches like that. Right. Contain Sterry. Don't try to get a sack. You see what he did? Ran for like 175. Yeah. First sure. job, and, he and, bust like 60 yards. And when you guys put chicken to play just that that – solo Sterry stopper, yeah. you guys got three of the four stops, I think, in the second half, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chick went crazy. A bit. Chick went crazy. Chick is an unsung hero in that championship game. He, he, he was that close to winning the game. Like, mm -hmm. w one week we've got to do with the principles of that game, a rewind right. of the 2022 championship game. We might do that the week before opening week. If you guys like us doing A7FL Rewind, if you're watching live, let us know in the chat. If not, 
throw it in the comments or how however you're listening to this uh give us a review like comment subscribe go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and buy a shirt with me rob and Corey's face on it collectively or respectively um a lot of people think you're wilding out and acting brand new because you have a nice hat on so i just wanted to point <laughs> that out there was something going on in the comments so i felt no, like no, as no, the host no. of this show and the producer that i had i had to make that noted especially because i'm wearing a collared shirt and sweatpants can't see the sweatpants but i felt like i had to be transparent with the audience because you rocking that cam newton superfly hat uh so i i had to show i can't pull that off Corey said earlier we couldn't pull that hat off you can pull that hat off you look like a cool detective from the 1970s <laughs> and envy it uh angelo lewis jr saying not the smooth criminal hat Ooh, that's a good one i'm kind of glad i'm kind of mad i didn't take that one i think everyone um, from baltimore can agree that that hat's better than the hat that i was wearing the boston hat i was wearing in the live so 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 anybody that dis denigrates the style that we're seeing here from the greatest quarterback in our league's history just just slow your roll a little bit why you keep saying that i don't think i'm the greatest quarterback in the who is then now now listen huh you yo, gotta go some by... quarterback that played before me are we adding yeah, but... beef or like we're literally yeah but that's what I, that, i'm clearly just saying a7fl specifically and, and no disrespect to you i think we could all look back at some of like you know like the guy dirt that we talk about that never threw an incompletion according to ryan DePaul. you know there's there's some there's some like you know legendary uh, bias to some of those guys before the time that it was super. we saw week in and week out but i'll ask you this huff and and i love that you're being humble as likely either the best guy at that position last year or the second best if we say Sterry was and you're being humble about it and that and and then i will ask you this who's won the most championships as a quarterback in the history of a7fl well, A7FL started in what, 2015, 2017? This is our ninth season, so 2014. Yeah, so 2014. 2014 Damn. Who's won the most? Um, as, a, as a quarterback, I, I I think I know the answer. Me and, and Mo. He's on our podcast. Me and Mo. Yeah, yeah, me and yes, Monday. and you share it, and you share it, and that's yeah. fair. But, no. all right, so so let's say the most, the, the, the most humble quarterback in the history of A7FL. Because you no, probably no, also me. nah, it's not me. It's definitely not me. Yeah, Huff talk a lot of shit. Y'all yeah, just me. not catching it right now. <laughs> well, he's, he's he's in the I media. Incidentally, he called the motherfucker like five times today. <laughs> <laughs> probably the most humble. I probably go with uh, I, I think I'm saying his name right, Kenneth, Kenneth from the uh, Renegades. Like he really, um, he really, he's really. I'll be nice. He he nah he's a humble he's a humble guy. He be asking uh for a lot of um that no that's true yeah right he he nah, asks yeah, for tips better he asks yeah. for yeah. he, he, does, he wants yeah, to like, get better that's yeah, that's yeah, important yeah, yeah. I respect that I respect it yeah, yeah all seriousness no jokes I definitely yeah, respect somebody good. who wants to get I better and works at it I respect that yeah and I, and I think that he, he, I think. Yeah, last no, season ahead, he also I think he he there was a it was a humbling experience for him too because you know he had all the success at wide receiver and he was a successful wide receiver you can't take that away from him mm -hmm. um, sure. and then last year he did have success at quarterback in the first couple of weeks of the season people were like yeah this is the answer um, you know the the competition that he was facing earlier on in the season was a little bit lighter um, I mean being that right. Kenneth no being that Kenneth did play wide receiver I, I, there's only one other quarterback I would think is humble. And um, Angela Lewis just said it in the chat. Mark from the Buzz. He's Mark, pretty, Mark yeah. Diggs is 
Mark Dixon. I never played him or talked to him. I never played I've him. Never, I've a, never he's played a, he's him. a good dude. He's a I've really good quarterback. Humble. Yeah. And the, the style that he plays, I, I admire uh, specifically. But I, I think I think we're getting to the point in the show, Huff, and Matt already alluded to it, that we have to ask you a very, very important question. And, and <laughs> why, we've, why I hate Corey. <laughs> we've treated you with kid gloves. And, and you know, like I said, you're you're the guy. You're the man. We're not. I'm not going to say it, but you already know what I said multiple times. But now we got to put you in a hot seat, man. Mm-hmm. Tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch. Are you going with the thick boy season, hus hus, or I'll try shirt? And as a Valentine's Day special, you could even assign one of these shirts to a loved one or a former teammate because you know we, it's all brotherly love here. Pause. What's thick your choice, season. Huff? Thick boy season. Rob thought he was gonna Let's get go. away. No, no, no. Right. No, listen, listen. I'm all well. for it. I'm all for it. Now, I would pick Thick Boy season. True. Definitely. Have you seen the design, Huff? Because I think I, I think we need. I haven't seen the design, but without them big boys, man, ain't nothing someone gonna happen. none of this is possible. Someone text my guy right now, just so that he can get the full experience. And <laughs> I, I can I can show you right now. It's just this, baby. It's just this. Inductive it is as just fuck. that. It is just that. Um. So for I'm all a pretty those at bitch. Home, <laughs> I, you're, the first part is true. I, I don't know. No, no one would ever call you a bitch, would they? Not even in our chat. Not even I've... on a live YouTube stream, right? No one would ever say that. But so, Rob, you're on a little bit of a losing streak, buddy. We're gonna have to start getting some, uh, some, some skinnier, you know, shiftier guys on to start getting back on track, man. No, here, here's once here's he goes viral again, it'll happen again because <laughs> Rob's commentary goes viral. At least once a couple every couple of months. I'm just, I'm just saying, y'all, y'all in trouble when the bye bye shirts come out. I'm just saying. Bye bye. So, so enjoy, enjoy the hus hus. When the bye bye, when that them shirts come out, you're in trouble. And it, I just, yeah, I, I wanted, I want the peace sign. You know what I'm saying? The, see you later. You know, one of those. I think that bye bye is it though. You got to get a different sign though. I think uh, Tyreek already got that. Oh, the so peace sign. Be, yeah, on his gloves. Maybe, maybe a hand waving. Oh, that's tough. Thumbs yeah, up, yeah, like blowing a, a kiss, something. Yeah, something. Speaking yeah, probably, of Valentine's be a lot Day, of at we Jess, can, we can talk. Tattoos, yeah, word to Jess, word who, to Jess. We can figure that out. Who designed the three shirts? And and Huff, just when you get that text, just let us know that you're viewing it live. Um, <laughs> Matt, cut to that shot. Cut to that shot of my guy Huff. Um, and then let's let's get the real answer. But uh, so tinyurl.com backslash h7fl merch. Shameless plug. Um, I just if you're watching on YouTube, there is a poll going on right now. Uh, Thick boy season winning by a healthy, healthy margin. (laughs) By a thick margin? Mm -hmm. Double C's? By a thick margin. Uh, Hus Hus in second. I'll try. uh, No I'll try is always. I'll try is always just trying. And by the way, there's two guys that that had said on our air that they had it. I don't know if they'll ever wear it. I think they were just being nice to me because they, too, uh, are quarterbacks that also. uh, They are all nice shirts. You should buy all three of them you in should. various colors and, and listen, hand them out to people so we get the money. One of that's the, how it works. One of the underrated things about my trip to Vegas was I saw a pink Thick Boy Season shirt in the flesh. Kelly mm-hmm. John Rehearsed, shout out, because that was a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then and then let's say this how about this put in the chat if it was which we're not allowed to do puff if it was fat boy touchdown which is what ryan shamar chose when he was on fat guy touchdown oh fat guy touchdown fat guy touchdown or thick boy season which is better fat guy touchdown yeah i, I just I, I just don't think we can go i got away. i got the nods at by the way i couldn't say as a fat guy i couldn't say fat guy touchdown that's insane but but I, thick boy listen. season is better marketing and also it is hilarious on purpose because your two options are give me fat boy touchdown or I'm gonna go completely absurd. See, <laughs> see, the the thing is, everyone, I am the voice of the league. That is hilarious, first and foremost. Secondly, on the broadcast, I am one person. On the podcast, I am the bringer of chaos. And 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 person who can't remember when to turn his fucking microphone on. He's the host of the show. That's the rib. But Huff, we we appreciate you spending your time with us. We we will hopefully get those bye bye shirts done on a night where it is not inclined for romance. But a shout out to all the significant others who make us better people, who give us the opportunities to chase our dreams, and you know spend time with our friends to act like complete and utter dumbasses on the internet for people that are going to tackle half of the people on this show possibly once if not more during the course yeah, of the Huff's season playing defense so i might have to watch out for my guy <laughs> me and Rob are going to keep our happy asses in a studio somewhere we, yeah the only <laughs> way you'll see our faces in person is either at the chip or if you go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and you buy a shirt just or, let or you guys know, y'all been doing a great job with this podcast. I've been getting Appreciate a lot of text it. messages. Thank have you. fans, man. Everybody, everybody watching the podcast. Every every day I do it. The episodes get crazy. Appreciate so believe it or man. not, y'all on the off season. This what some guys look forward to these podcasts. So keep doing y'all thing. That was that was the idea. I saw mm-hmm. what Rob was doing with the table. I I did the the Pat Boone. I stole it. I threw two white guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took all the credit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But without the table, this show wouldn't exist. And a certain Jaquan Mason may or may not find his way uh, into the mix of things for this offseason. Shouts out to the guy Mason. Okay. There are a lot of interesting conversations about people with microphones this uh, this coming season. Games of the week. The conversations we're having about games of the week, no bullshit. We're going to be bringing you games from every single place in the country during those games. Um, If you've been waiting to see a level up in how we present our games, in how we're presenting our product, we have been working. That's what the fall season in Vegas was, not only to get a chance to see those guys for the first time and also to get people to shut up and say that we don't care about the West Coast. I just... I really didn't want people re redoing the Snoop Dogg Dr. Dre Source Award speech to me every single time we were doing the pod. So we did that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of progression. And I think this is the most anticipated, I think at a player level, A7 season I've seen in a long time. The amount of conversations and the chatting that has been going between players, between teams, the chat is spicy as fuck. I can't wait until y'all upload it so I can read the chat later. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it, it, it's gonna the uh, the video is gonna be on YouTube as soon as we're done. The audio will be up in the morning, uh, because I have to finish uh, drinking. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I have to walk my dog. But 
some people are suggesting the bye bye shirt should be the BIC celebration against the force. So just steady, steady, steady kicking the kicking we'll, in the assholes of the force. We'll, we'll think about that. But Huff, anything before we go here? Well, I have one question for you. If you do retire this year, would you consider coaching? Because coaching has been a conversation we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And one of the scenarios that Big Rob Fabian didn't yell fuck you at uh, <laughs> when we discussed the concept of coaching was having players like you or Kenny Stansberry, the veterans and legends of this game take over. Would you consider being a coach? Uh, I would coach, but I don't know if A7FL needs a coach, honestly. I think they just need a manager and guys that could just fall underneath the wing. It's like basically like street football, but it's organized. I don't really think they need a coach. But if, you know, somebody asks me to coach, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably say yes, honestly, because that's what I want to do after football. So I'd probably say yes. Probably will. Well, I can't I can't think of a better way to say just we hope to have you on again soon, sir. Hopefully we can at least book either yourself or your hat. We know your schedules conflict sometimes. So if we can get you and then get the hat or get them both together in the same room, we'd love to. Uh, you have an open invitation to come on this show. We did this show live because you said you wanted to do the pod and we knew that the conversation would be bananas and this has lived up to the hype and then some. Quattrell Huffin, the quarterback of the Silk City Animals. I'm going to have to get honestly get used to saying that out loud. You got it right, though. I would have I did. I did. That's crazy. I will put $20 on it right now. I will say Quattrell Huffin behind center for the Patterson U at some point, and then my producer's going to smack me in the back of my head. It's like, San, Di- it's like San Diego Chargers. It's just hard to fix. Yeah, it, it's Las Vegas, like Los Angeles Raiders, Oakland Raiders. Huff, will it be uh, will it be weird opening day wearing a uniform that's not a Patterson U uniform? Oh yeah, it'd definitely be weird. Uh, I started my career off. People don't know with Savage. I only played like one game, and then after yeah, literally week one played one game. Game went to the U after that. I got like twelve Patterson U jerseys. Now I'm gonna have a Silk City Animals jersey. I, I'm not. I'm gonna be speechless though. I'm not even going to know how to feel. They're notorious for keeping good quarterbacks, aren't they? That's sarcasm, by the way. He didn't even play quarterback. Yeah, I did, yo, no honestly, comment. I would have stayed on a Savage. Like, I literally would have stayed on a Savage, but they had RF1. They had me play behind him. I'm not playing behind the RF1. Behind RF1 RF1 was, is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But, bro, I know my potential. I didn't come in here to be a backup. I'm happy, Patterson, you picked me up. And, you know, we won our rings and did what we had to do. Chips does RF1 have? The same as me. So, that's great. And on he's that a coach last, now. actually, he's doing what I want to do. He's a coach now, honestly. Oh, he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, he's at Keene University. Oh, shout out to Keene nice. University. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much, Huff, for being on the show with us. Open invite next week, and also there'll be a special addendum coming out this Friday, uh, where it will be the A7FL division manager for the city of Columbus, Ohio. That'll be joining us, Eric Valentine. I got to sit down with him earlier this week to break down what we're going to see from A7FL Columbus. You can find more information by searching A7FL Columbus on your favorite social media platforms. You're going to A7FLColumbus.com. Oh, hey, it's Matt again. Instead of doing that dumb addendum thing I wanted to do initially, here now is my conversation with the head of A7FL Columbus, Eric Valentine, right here on the three-on-one.
It's a three-on-one podcast. I'm Matt Ryan, and we've got an addendum this week. We had a big episode, live episode this week, but we want to talk about one of the new divisions in the A7FL that is throwing off in just 40 days in Columbus, Ohio. Eric Valentine joining us here on the three-on-one podcast. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. So excited to have the A7FL in Columbus. Can you give us just a little bit of background of what you've been able to do in your football career as a coach, as a leader of men, and as a player? Yeah, well, thanks for uh, having us out tonight and uh, being able to talk uh, a little bit about uh, the A7 here in, in Columbus as we get started here for the inaugural season. Uh, <clears throat> just to answer your question, you know, uh, a lifelong uh, football uh, player and uh, involved in the sports uh, now professionally into this for the 25th uh, year, um, been heavily involved into uh, anywhere from, you know, coaching at the young level all the way up to the collegiate level. Uh, spent some time there coaching uh, as an assistant, uh, had a few stops as a, a, a high school assistant before taking the helm as a head coach um, on two different occasions. Um, run a, a business that we uh, train athletes uh, when we're not uh, on the field uh, in the off season uh, for high school and, and and youth kids in the, the football arena. And uh, from there, we we focus on uh, the other side that usually doesn't uh, connect too well with coaches, uh, but do a lot with officiating as well. Uh, that, that has uh, led me down a, a road uh, with the, uh, my business that has taken me from uh, all over the country to multiple other uh, countries as well and uh, doing some different things there that's pretty unique and and being able to train uh, the next uh, officials coming up the line behind us so that's been uh, really neat to be a part of and something that's really not uh, common for a coach to also be involved in the officiating side as well so um, <clears throat> uh, to go a little further with your question uh, had a lot of opportunities uh, you know how do you how do you approach this type of thing and uh and coaching and what is your what, what are you going to stand for and uh for us it's uh you know leader men and and developing and, and mentoring uh those young minds and so that they can be young men that are positive uh citizens for us for the next uh generations to come uh so we focus on the men um and and morning men uh versus the wins and and uh, the wins will come. Uh, you know, Woody Hayes talked about winning with people. Uh, for us, we, we win with people, but we got to build those people up first. So we kind of take that mindset, and uh, it's kind of led us into where we're at today in development of our A7 and uh, new team and uh, heading down that path there with, you know, kind of trying to do the same thing. <clears throat> and you have so many different touch points to view this league from not only as a former player, but as a coach, as a teacher, as a trainer, and just as an administrator, what drew you to the A7FL? What got you to say yes to Nate Nail to help run the operations of this division? Yeah, uh, I, I'm being totally honest with you and uh, transparent. I, I really, I knew a little bit about the A7. I knew... Uh, uh, that they were expanding. Uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, the inner working details of what was going on. And, uh, you know, I was hit up uh, whether I'd be interested in um, from uh, one of our partners with the A7. And 
uh, from there, it started a conversation that, you know, led into the conversation with Nate and, you know, Nate's got a, a great mind and a great, uh, uh background of business and and uh, structure and has done really well with his uh, business uh, that he runs his multiple businesses and enterprises and and so it was really uh intriguing to be a part of this and uh, the league did a nice job of selling it to me um and making it uh, something that we could work in multiple different uh, aspects together so it it's come together um we've got a lot of work to do yet uh, but like where we're headed with it and, and Columbus is going to be excited with what they got. Now, each part of the country play a seven, just a little bit differently. We've seen cities like Las Vegas and Cincinnati <clears throat> apply a real heavy run base. And we've seen Vegas kind of expand to more dual wielding quarterbacks. The same thing in Florida, Mark Bagway, one of the best players in the league can beat you with his arm and his legs. And up here in New Jersey, there's such an emphasis on traditional defense, on blitzing the quarterback, and just the amalgamation of all the best components of this game, because this is where this is where it was birthed, basically. What can we expect from a Columbus style of football that may stand out to what you've seen so far watching the A7? Yeah, so we have a real unique uh, situation here in Columbus. Our, our head coach is... Uh... A uh, guy that I, I work with uh, regularly on a on a daily basis. He's a, my offensive coordinator, um, and so he's our head coach for the A7 side, and and so that's a really unique uh, situation for us. You know, kind of reverse roles, and me take the leadership side, and he takes the the coaching side, um, and, and for me trying to stay out of the way a little bit uh, when it comes to coaching. But uh, I say all that because we have a foundation that we we've stuck with, and. Um, we know you play with your players. You play. Uh, you call the the scheme based off your players. I'm trying to say, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, right now we're we're still uh, in that phase of you know still learning the players and what we can do. Um, we have a system that will allow us to be flexible based off of that. So uh, it will all kind of depend, really. Um, you know, we're we're going to be a heavy pass team. Um, but we're not going to be afraid to run the ball as well. And you know, defensively, um, we're pretty well together, uh, known for being pretty aggressive. So, Well, when it comes to Columbus, the, the phrase that resonates in my head for all these years is four yards in a cloud of dust. But when you're talking about a pass-heavy team, that does align with a lot of the trend in this league by having quarterbacks like Quattro Huffin or Sterry Codrington or even a Trey Robinson in Las Vegas with cannons for an arm, especially a guy like Mark Bagway, who are some of the players you're seeing coming into Columbus? Because we know there's an influx of guys coming into Cincinnati. There's a lot of opportunity there as you guys battle it out to be the best in Ohio. What's the player base looking like for you in terms of people with collegiate experience, high school experience, system experience? Uh, What is that player makeup? Yeah, so we, we've got a little bit of an array of different things. Uh, we've got the former college athlete, um, the high school athlete. Um, you know, our we've got a high school coach uh, uh, that still has the ability to play. And um, we've got a guy that's, you know, a P- Ph.D. student uh, that never played in, wow. in college. And um, he's a stud and uh, he's going to really impress this uh, league and um I'm really looking forward to see what he brings to Cincinnati and uh, being able to compete against them with him. 
Well, give us a breakdown of some of the standout guys you have over there in Columbus. Tell me more about this PhD student and what makes him stand out amongst his peers and put him into a potential division or conference MVP situation. Oh, the, he's a, he's a stud and uh, he, he's got the look for it. He's, he's got the attitude. Uh, he's everything that we look for in a leader. And uh, right away he, he reached out and, uh, you know, had a conversation before we even had our first combine and with his enthusiasm and his excitement and drive to get this thing going. And uh, that was really something that stood out to us. And uh, as we continue to uh, move forward and uh, he's really taken the lead and he's become a team captain and, uh, he's helping to drive the initiative with making sure that, you know, we're getting the guys that we need and, and uh, helping with the, the recruiting process and, and those type of things and uh, making sure the guys are going to training and, and hitting the gym and uh, getting in physical condition. So uh, that's just a, that's just an ultimate good leader and, and somebody that everybody hopes they have at least one of those guys on their team. Um, you know, his size and his ability uh, he's just an athlete and he's got the look, uh, six, two, six, three, um, just a physical beast. Um, it's going to stand there with the rest of the, uh, guys in the, in the a seven and, and give them a run for their money. And, uh, what, what's this young man's name? I'm assuming he's a quarterback. Uh, John Rockford. Um, and, uh, John's going to play a, a few different positions, uh, really where we need him, uh, for that particular game. Uh, he's kind of that utility player that we can play anywhere. Um, we, we're not putting him at quarterback um, uh, right now. He, he's not that uh, position, but more of a, a DB uh, receiver and uh, linebacker style of a player for us. Final question to you as we prepare 40 days away from the start of our ninth season. What's the one thing that is your takeaway about the A7FL? that people have yet to see or the one thing that you're apostolizing to people about getting them to play in this league to come watch us starting March 26th. What's that one takeaway you have about this league? Uh, I think the speed, the speed of the game with the physicality of the game while selling the safety of it, uh, I think for me is really sold out uh, to me. Uh, constantly on our end of the spectrum away from this seven on seven concept and, and um, no pads uh, we're told about safety constantly and, and more pads you have basically, or, or at least it seems the, the better and safe you are, but here on the other commentary, it, it, it really is kind of the opposite. And um, you look on the highlights and you see these big hits that are being happening. You see the guys getting right up and walking away. Uh, you know, that's pretty amazing. And then just the speed of it, um, I, I think it's just exciting. And the plays that you see these uh, athletes being able to do on a given Sunday. So uh, really excited to see that. Uh, I think the, the fan base here in Columbus will be excited to see it and be able to buy into it real quickly. Well, thank you so much, Coach Eric Valentine. We're excited to see what Columbus can do in the Western Conference. For more information on Columbus, you can go to a7flcolumbus.com. That's a7flcolumbus.com. Uh, for Quattrell Huffin, for Corey Hammond, for Big Rob Fabian, we'll be back next week. So long. This has been the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. As always, don't be an asshole. Come on, are we going to make a baby or what? 
I'll try. Want to bring the A7FL to your town? Well, you're in luck. Between now and October 1st, we are still taking applications to buy a division in the American Sevens Football League. Join Columbus for our 2023 season now. For more information on it, go to a7fl.com slash owners. That's a7fl.com slash owners. Get your piece of the future of football and bring us to your town.